Welcome to the Back on Track Podcast, the podcast that will inspire, impact, and empower you, and will bring forth conversations and information that will help you finally break free from the internal shackles that are restricting you from making maximum progress in your life and business. And now, here's your host, speaker, trainer, storyteller, author, and coach, Ghazi Muhammad. Greetings, greetings, greetings. We're going live in about two minutes here. Two minutes. We are excited. Okay, so you about ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just was uh, trying to. I'm not looking at you, so I should probably pull it real quick. Okay, and we're actually live right now. Oh, damn. live and live and living colors. <laughs> What's that? Okay, so we're gonna start in like 30 seconds here. 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Yeah, so I'm getting a lot of um. Um, feedback from sisters across the from different sisters across the country interested in hearing your story and um, so I'm looking forward to that you know looking forward to the interaction and this is one sister here um, she, she want to reach out to you um, mm-hmm. and uh, she want to connect with you and, and tell you about something that I don't really have no idea what she like what it is but as somebody in that industry I'm quite sure you know very well okay okay all right all right so it is four o'clock it is four o'clock we want to thank you all for joining another episode of back on track i'm your host brother ghazi muhammad and we are here today with a very very special guest um a phenomenal sister i had a chance to meet this sister actually um quite a few years ago here in arizona and uh, i remember when i first got wind of her story i was amazed um she had she was in the natural haircut industry and i know she's gonna share her story but when i heard the story it reminded me of the biblical david and goliath you know um the little small person going against the big industry and it's one thing for us to uh, accept things as it is you know just to, to go along and get along and and obey what is the current reality the current structure but it's something else to challenge that and create your own lane so um, we want to hear from my sister here. This is Essence China and her story. And right now she's an international speaker, an author. She's a trainer, a coach. Uh, I had a chance to check out a few of her uh, videos and them some phenomenal videos. Great work that you're doing, my sister. So um, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? 
Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry, I was over here trying to share this real quick. But um, oh, so yes, my name is Essence China. Um, born and raised in Phoenix, Glendale, Arizona. Um, learned that I had a passion for doing hair very early. I started in my parents' laundry room when I was a teenager. And um, Wait, what? I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, okay. So yeah, so um, from that. You know, I always thought it was just going to be a side hustle. I didn't really know that it was going to turn into uh, like an enterprise, so to speak. But what ended up happening was uh, I went to school and realized that that wasn't really um, something that I was really feeling. Um, born and raised in Phoenix, Glendale, Arizona. Uh, I'm getting feedback. Um, okay. Le- learned that if I you have um, like uh, several several devices on, you, you might got to turn one of them down or cut. Like, if, 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 or did you do a watch party or something? Hold on one second. Maybe it's because I'm trying to share it. Let me just get off of this real quick. Okay. Yeah, so this is very powerful. This is very powerful. All right, cool. so, um, we good now? Yes, ma'am. Okay, yeah. So so I found out very early that I had a passion for doing hair, and I ended up going to college and you know trying to go the traditional route, but I just really didn't feel aligned with it. So I moved away to Maryland and I started doing hair uh, like professionally working in the salon because the whole time I was doing hair before it was out of my, my childhood home. So now at this point, I'm, I'm in a salon. I'm working at a barbershop, kind of working both of those. And I had an encounter with God. And at that moment, I was just wide open like, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And the first thing he led me to do was to move back to Arizona. And for me, I already knew in my heart and in my mind that there was nothing really for me in Phoenix because I knew that I, at this point that I wanted to pursue hair and the laws were such that you had to have a license in order to do any type of natural hair or hair period out here. And so, you know, I'm arguing with God, like, I ain't going back out there. There's, you know, there's nothing out there for me. But I kept hearing it so strongly that I knew that I'm going to have to just make a move. So I was like, all right, I'm going to come back out to Phoenix for a year. And if nothing changes in a year, I'm out. You know, I I fulfilled my obligation. And so I moved back in 03, August. I moved back into my mother's home. And, you know, she's trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life. And I'm not really sure. Like, I know I want to do hair, but I can't really see all of these things like coming together because the law and everything like that. And so she encouraged me to start doing nursing because that's stable, you know, it's traditional, it's, it's safe. And so I enrolled in nursing school, but in, but at the same time, I still had this burning desire and passion. Like, okay, God, like, I don't believe that you just had me doing something that I just completely don't enjoy doing. Right. And so I felt led to call the State Board of Cosmetology. So I called the State Board, I told them, you know, what, how long I've been doing hair, that I was doing hair professionally in Maryland. And, you know, I asked them, what could I do in order to be uh, essentially legal here in the state? And they told me I had to go to school. Um, and the reason why I took, uh, I, I, just, I had an issue with it is because you're not learning how to braid, how to lock, how to twist. They're teaching you colors and cuts and, you know, all the things that I knew I would not be practicing. So for me, I didn't think that it was fair to have to go to school, spend this time, because for me, time is everything. And then beyond that, 
over $10,000 to learn things that I'm not going to be practicing. Right. And so because of that, uh, I was just like, okay, so I got the phone. I was just feeling defeated and frustrated because when I called them, they pretty much told me I had to have a license. So after I got the phone, I'm like, okay, God, I did that. Now what? You know? Um, right. And so the next thing was um, maybe a few days later, I felt led again. Like, you know, God was just prompting me, look for a law firm. Like, look for a law firm. Now, mind you, I'm in my early 20s, right? I don't even, so I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe there's something there. It's legal in Maryland, you know, and able to be able to do here. Uh, so let me just see what can be done, you know? Right. So I, I called a couple law firms, and I think the third law firm I, I came across was the Institute for Justice. And they had just opened a location here. Um, they're a nationwide like firm, and they fight for um, civil liberties and things of that nature. And um, I told him my story. The lawyer said he would come and meet with me. He met with me, and I mean, he was more excited than I was. So because of that, I just I had a feeling like we about to have victory, right? So right. this is all in the space of me moving back in a couple of months. I had moved back in August. We filed Essence Farmer versus the State Board of Cosmetology in December. And uh, next thing you know, it was just like a media frenzy. I'm on the cover of uh, newspapers. I'm doing radio shows. I mean, I, I was like, what's the big deal? I'm just you know, a young girl just trying to braid hair. Um, but you know, God just favored me in that, in that way. And so what happened was we never actually stepped a foot in the courtroom because Janet Napolitano, who was the governor at the time, heard about it, thought it was crazy. And she just decided to essentially amend the law on behalf of my efforts or initiative. So um, what ended up happening was that happened in April. So the law didn't take effect until August, which was the fulfillment of a year from August, the time that I moved back to August to the time that the law took effect. So it was funny to me in that, you know, God was like, OK, you about to be out in a year. Well, let, let me show you what I can do in a year, you know, right. change the whole law, like, you know, make history. So um, I've been back ever since. And I, I've been blessed ever since. Okay. And that's phenomenal right there. You know, because some people, especially when it comes to the natural haircut industry, as mm -hmm. we know, it's a haircut industry period is 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 a is a multi-billion dollar industry. And uh natural haircut, a lot of sisters now are going natural and brothers, just, you know, just keeping it natural now. Um most of my children, they locked up, you know, they believe in the natural process. And um they um Right now, it's a, a thing like um, people are being challenged, even in the workplace, with their hair. You know, I uh, have a friend right now who was um, working at a particular company, and because he had locks in his in, in his head, they wanted to fire him. You know, he challenged it, but and they tried to get him to get his hair cut, and he, you know, he just refused. He like, you know, this is who I am and, and what I am. So, t t tell me about the, you know, some of the struggles that you um, encountered. And what made you go into like the natural hair as opposed to just the perm and the weaves and the, you know just natural hair? What, like, like why? Well, why'd you choose the industry? I feel like it chose me. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, I grew up in Glendale, Arizona, predominantly white area, and you know, having a, a lack of identity. And so I was relaxing my hair, and I realized that my hair never felt, you know, I didn't love it. And right. so there was a point in time where I actually went natural and then I would braid. I really got started braiding my, my brother's hair because crisscross was out around that time. So I'm braiding their hair and I just love the way our hair felt, our texture. And every time I touched like relaxed hair, it just had a, a lifelessness about it. 
And so I just never gravitated to that because that just wasn't nothing that I feel like was just in me. So I feel like I was drawn to it because it was something that, you know, was just natural. Yes, ma'am. And then how did you, um, I know um, like one of your hairstyles was on the cover of uh, Essence magazine. And yeah. then you got um, something in, and because of that, I think you're, you're in one of the black history museums up in DC or Washington. Yeah, so um, years after I got the law changed, uh, I ended up opening my salon a few years after that. And uh, I did a photo shoot with this photographer out of New York, first time working with him. And people were like, why are you working with a photographer out of New York? There's all these photographers out here locally. But um, he came highly re recommended from somebody in the industry. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to invest in myself because I believe that that's one of the key principles to becoming successful. So I worked with this uh, photographer. And the next thing I know, he hits me up. It was like, hey, your, your um, Essence selected your work. And I'm like, selected? I didn't even know that it was even in the running. You feel what I'm saying? And so he kind of said it nonchalantly. And then the next thing I know, one of my clients hits me up because she had a subscription. He was like, girl, are you in Essence? So I actually got in Essence twice. I was in Essence, um, I don't know what month this was, but it was 2011. And then months down the road in that same year, Essence put out a hot hair issue and, uh, and that particular issue I was on my hairstyle was on the cover and uh, that particular issue is in the Smithsonian the African American Museum in DC so that's wow. kind of the story. Yeah that's amazing so you see how sometimes you you had one plan in your mind God had something else planned for you and his plan was better than your plan. <laughs> listen listen I always tell people that I'm like if I would have stayed like I was kicking and screaming trying to stay in Maryland had I stayed, you you know, the little bit of whatever I thought was my life could not even compare. Right. So right. so I, I completely get it. Yeah, I would have never stepped into all that I stepped into. And those are only a couple of milestones, but he's just really blown my mind. Yeah. So, so, so tell me about the mindset you had to go from where you were, because a lot of people out here right now, people who listen to listen to this live or people who will listen to the replay. A lot of them right now are stuck. They're in a place right now in their life. So what kind of mindset, what ideas you have, what thought, did you face fear? Was it uncertainty? What did you face and how did you deal with it to say, I'm going to go ahead and do this, even though it's in the land of the unknown. I don't know what's ahead of me. I can't phantom it. I can't see it, but I'm going to move on because some spiritually or something intuitively, something that just moving me in, the, in that direction. But what did you face um, mentally, like the roadblocks and the hurdles and how did you deal with them? I mean, I think inadequacy is something that all people face um, because I believe that when you've been called to do something great, it's going to require supernatural help. With it requiring that help, you're going to feel like, oh, I see this vision, but I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this myself. So with me, when I seen what God was showing me, it was just like, I don't really know. I don't, I don't feel capable. I don't feel confident. Um, but what I had to really get to the point of is that I would rather fall than to crawl. What I mean by that is that when you are in a season of your life that no longer serves you, it no longer fits you, you have outgrown that space. Right. You, you actually have to shrink down. You have to uh, diminish yourself in order to stay in a, a season that no longer serves you. You have to crawl. It's like a crawl space in a, in, a, in a house. You can't fit in there. And so my thing is like most people are unwilling to move forward because of the uncertainty and the certainty of falling. Right. Because when you step into a new season, just like a baby that has never walked before, you are going to be off kilter a little bit because this is a new place. This is a new 
territory. And so what I had to learn is that falling comes with the territory. I have to accept that. I have to be comfortable with that. But the reality is I will not fail. I won't fall. And so for me, I think that I would rather, and this is something I just say, I would rather fall than to crawl. I don't fit there anymore. I'm not going to be right. falling around in the space that I can't, you know what I mean? And then beyond that, the other thing is what else would I be doing? Because right. it's, you can quit your dream, but your, your dream will never quit you. And so you can run away from what you already have been pre-engineered to do, but it's because it's really encoded into your DNA. It's always going to almost haunt you until you take up the challenge until right. you become a conqueror. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me, my thing is just like, I would rather go through the challenges of becoming all that I already am, becoming aware of who I am and, and, and taking up the challenge than to be frustrated doing something I have no business doing, being a fish out of the water or a bird that decides not to fly. Like you're denying yourself. Right. right. That's awesome. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, when you was talking, it reminded me of because it's very important for, for people to understand that you left a, a, a area in Maryland that there was somewhat of a comfort zone. You was familiar with it. You were used to it. You was developing in your own little small part of the world. You was developing. Right. But then you got to a point where you separated. And it's just like pregnancy. You know, when a woman is pregnant, the, the, the part of the pregnancy that's indicative of separation is, is characterized by growth and expansion. When the baby began to grow and expand in the womb, it gets to a point where it outgrows that environment. Absolutely. And it, 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 it's forced to separate. And if it don't separate at that point, it can be detrimental to itself and to the mother, to the environment, right? That, that produced it. And it's just like people, sometimes as you grow and expand, you're gonna be forced to separate yourself from old friends sometimes, old neighborhoods, old habits, old patterns, old jobs, you're going to be forced to separate. And if you refuse to separate yourself, you could, you're really doing yourself um, a, a great disservice and you putting yourself in a detrimental situation and the environment in which you are. So you took a leap of faith and you was growing, you was evolving. So what has happened since then? Since, OK, you know, you did the essence, um, you, you was on the magazine. And um, but right now you're doing a lot of phenomenal stuff. You, I know you're a speaker. You are author right now. Um, I, I've seen some of your um, scissor reels that's phenomenal. Um, how'd you venture up into that space and, and how has that been for you? Um, it's been a whole nother conquering because you know I got very comfortable being a hairstylist. I got very comfortable being a salon owner, but then it was like time for me to speak and I knew it and it was pulling on me. Um, but at the same time, there was a, that inadequacy all over again. Uh, but I, I decided to take up the challenge because again, those seasons were over. They no longer served me. And right. so um, yeah, I, I have my other company. I also teach hairstylists. So I have an academy where I teach. But in my teaching, I'm forced to be in front of people and speak. And so I had to embrace it. But um, it, it's definitely been a blessing to to be able to have that level of impact. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just been a blessing. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And so um, um, we have a sister on. Uh, Sister Natiosha Goins, um, she's a phenomenal sister, and she wanted to to connect with you. And I'm I'm gonna definitely um I, I see her out there watching, but I'm gonna definitely connect you two together. Uh, she's a phenomenal, so she got a lot going on here in Arizona. Uh, entrepreneur, she she she's been through the ringer, you know, has faced many challenges herself. But she had hit me up earlier about connecting you two together. So I, I see you on my sister. I'm gonna definitely pass your information on the Essence China. So uh, let's talk about 
um, mindset, uh, essence, and and empowerment, and and the work you do with with black women. Because I've seen some of the videos, and again, you, you have a, a like an uncanny way of really impacting um, other black women and empowering them and inspiring them. Um, you know, let's talk about that mission right there. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think for me, it comes from being around so many gifted people. And understanding that nobody comes here without a purpose. Nobody comes here without a gift or a talent or an ability. Everybody's not necessarily aware. And for whatever reason, God has just given me that ability to see people, you know, um, at their, their core, at their essence, and, and, and be able to help them extract the greatness from inside of them to where it comes upon them. And I think what hurts me is when I see people who are, they'll put more effort into getting around somebody great as opposed to working out the greatness that's already inside of them. They don't, they don't understand their value. They don't understand their worth. And so for me, for the people who recognize, not necessarily recognize that, that are willing to take the journey of becoming the greatness that they already are. Like right. we already have God in our DNA. Right. Uh, it comes from a revelation of understanding that. And so um, for me, I just get hyped when I see people that are, are ready to take up the challenge to become. Because right. at the end of the day, um, you know, we're, we're here to grow, to manifest, to, to shine our light. And the light is not going to be but so bright if you don't have revelation of who you are. And I really feel like there's just an identity crisis because the system, the world system, the school system, the way things have been set up, it has been meant to condition you up out of, like out of your own mind. And so for me, we can't talk about any change in your life where we're not talking about your mind, you know, you always hear change your mind, change your life. But I think that those, that term is so, I don't know, cliche. Nobody really, what, what do you mean change my mind, change my life? What are you, not only what are you thinking about, what do you think about yourself? And most people don't know because they're so distracted, right? So they've taken the path, like for me, as I love my mom and my mom went, meant well when she wanted me to go to nursing school. But at the same time, that wasn't the route for me. But because there is this traditional way of go to school, get in debt, get a job, pay them back, slave until you're 65, you don't, you, I mean, they literally educated you out of yourself. And so we got to get back to our core, our creativity, our imagination, and really express that because um, otherwise the world, so to speak, won't be, and I hate to like, say it like this, but like, there is a dying world. You feel what I'm saying? And dying, not necessarily in a physical sense, but dying to their dreams, dying to the visions that they've been given. And they leave this world full. Everything right. that was about them never manifested because somebody maybe didn't shine their lights. Right. You know, so I think that when, when, when people start to get an understanding of their identity and who they are and they begin to shine their light, it, it, it further encourages somebody else. I can do that too. Right. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, that's powerful. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, you know, so my own personal life, I remember um, coming home from prison. Mm -hmm. It took me to, over 20 years to realize that that my greatest prison was not the six different penitentiaries that I was in. My greatest prison wasn't the 48 months of solitary confinement. My greatest prison wasn't the murders and the violence and the shankings that I've seen and witnessed. But my greatest prison was in my own mind. 
thinking that I'm not worthy enough. I'm not accomplished enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not credentialed enough. I always look for, like many people do, people listen to this right now, we always look for things outside of ourselves to validate who and what we are. But if we are a reflection and, and of the image and likeness of the father, that's mm-hmm. the, I mean, no, who can validate, I mean, who can give me a title greater than that? I, I mean, I'm made in the image and likeness of the supreme being. There's no title. There's no status you can give me that's greater than that. No, no, no degree, no, no, nothing you can give me that's greater than that. But I didn't believe that though. So my greatest trial was in my own mind and it kept me in prison for so long. It kept me locked down for so long until I got paroled from that mental prison. You know, I had to break free. I, I had to get paroled up out of that mental prison. Yeah, I mean, it's a real thing. I mean, when you really think about, you know, I know everybody may have different faiths or what have you, but, um, you know, I, I read the scripture a lot. And when you really look at the scripture, it is a mindset. Be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so if you can't get the mindset and you don't understand that you have already been conditioned to think small, to think that you're insignificant, to um, not know who you are, that your identity also box you in into what you can actually become. And so it, 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 it's, it's engineered that way, you know? And so that's why you have to break free, as you said, out of what you've been shown and told and all of that, because we've been socially modified, socially engineered, yeah. but we got to break the system, you know? Yeah. You know no doubt, mentally. And you know, it's very important for parents. You know, I remember, so I have quite a few children myself, you know, um, you know, I have nine children, right? And 10 children now. And um, I, I, um, I used to think as a father, I wanted to direct and, and, and micromanage my children. You know, you should do this and do that and do that, do that, which, you know, a lot of parents do. You know, we've been through certain things. We've experienced certain things. So we think we know some things and we do. If we, if we live our life and learn lessons, we do know some things. But the reality of it is that we have to encourage our children to, to follow a path that's true to, to themselves. And sometimes, you know, one of my coaching clients, he's a brilliant young brother. And uh, he's an entrepreneur in nature. He want to have a business. But his mother is somewhere like your mother. And she's condemning that idea and saying, boy, go to school, boy. You can get you a, 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 a you know, because he have a college degree. She want him to utilize his college degree and, and be a, a, um, a, an employee, a worker, working 40, 50 hours a, a, a week. And he's telling me, like, man, brother, guys, I, I see her doing that and it's killing her. I mean, like, it, 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 I mean, she's, it, it's the same old rat race she in. She worked bust her butt off all week long, come home and then do the next, do the same thing next week. And it's just a never ending cycle. But in his mind, it's like, I want more out of life than that. I want far more out of my life than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's one of the probably biggest things is that we, we want to, we try to appease other people, especially if they have a prominent position in our lives, our parents are, you know what I mean? Our family members, but we have to get to a place where Ultimately, only God and what God has put in us can rectify or, or know what it is that we are here to do. And so we have to break free of other people's opinions and thoughts that um, make try to keep us confined to a space when we've been called to do something completely different. But I think that's what that's the very reason why people need to have a, a authentic vision for their life. Right. Authentic right. And I, and I think that that comes from literally seeking. That's why I tell people, I was like, quarantine probably was one of the best things that could have happened to people because when you're so distracted and you're so polluted in your mind, you, you don't have clarity of who you are, why you're here, what do you genuinely want? And what do you want if limitations were not there? 
See, because the thing is, most people have a limitation. So what they want is so small. It's like, um, I'm trying to think of, of something, but like what you want literally is just based off of what you think you can have. Right. Which you genuinely not even can have, but actually it's your birthright. Right. Yes, ma'am. And you know it's something. Uh, I see this this quote from um, Tracy Randolph. We say that that generation is stuck in that mindset, and unfortunately, you know, for many of us, especially our our parents and our elders, you know, many of them was educated and socialized, or, or probably miseducated, probably a better word. You know, uh, they was miseducated into a certain mindset, and it worked for them in a certain period. When, but right now, this generation. Have you found that this generation right now, you know, the, the generation up under the parents, uh, our generation, and, and especially those up under us, that they have more of a of a desire to be free in a real way, even though they reckless as heck, you know, they, they somewhat reckless. And it depends on how you look at that, because I have a certain way of, of seeing that that's unique to me. But um, but it seems like this generation just don't want to accept some of those values and some of those that that mindset that our parents had, that, that, that kept them in the factories, that kept them thinking that I'm gonna work 40 years, I'm gonna retire, I'm gonna have the, the house and the picket fence and I'm gonna have my 401k and things like that. A, a lot of young people now, that they call millennials and those up under them, Gen X, they just don't follow along with that type of mindset right now. Right, but I also feel like it's also the climate of the world. And what I mean by that is like, you know, we see things changing right before our very eyes, meaning, you know, stores no longer have people that are checking you out. You, you're using a, a, a robot or a computer or. And so AI is replacing a lot of jobs. And so if we're not functioning from our God given gifts, our creativity and our imagination, then we're, we're, we're we stand to literally be lost. And I think that some of that frustration with wanting to break those molds of traditionalism is because we understand that we were created for more. Right. We, we were created to have a job. We were created to express our God-given gifts. But when, you, when you've been miseducated and you've been uh, huddled into like a line of fitting in, then you're never able. So the frustration comes from within knowing that there's more to be done. There's more that you have to give versus um, working this job that you know can be disposed of at any moment, which is already happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Yeah, no doubt. And, and I know for, for a lot of brothers that I know that um, come up in them, that, that came up in them circles as far as prison, you know, a lot of brothers who come out with felonies, they were forced to, to be entrepreneurs. Unfortunately, many of them choose the, the, the illegal entrepreneurial route. Um, but in their mind, it's like I remember coming out and um, trying to find jobs. And I mean, everywhere you look, you know, doors are slammed. So, you know, we already have natural hurdles in a way that, that, that we're gonna have to jump and, and get through, but also some of our poor choices create additional hurdles for us, additional obstacles for us. So it's important for us to make as best we can proper decisions, but mentorship is important. So I like listening to the elders. I don't take everything they say, <laughs> but because I know that they are trying to prepare me for a world that's not theirs. And I learned that from my own self, in my own experience. I remember one of my sons, uh, Rockmine, He's an he's an artist, and when he was younger, you know, you want to draw and color, ma'am. Oh, you know, you from the hood, you, yeah. That's kind of you know, I do all. You go, go play football or something, go box or something, man. What, what, what is all this, you know? And um, I remember I was so rough and so hard on my sons when they were coming up, because in my mind, 
I was trying to prepare them for a world that wasn't theirs. See, I come up in a world where, you know, my mother was a hustler. You know, my mother, you know, she hustled. And I, I you know, I come up being gravitated toward the streets. I, I was exposed to drugs and the, the guns and the violence. So I tried to prepare, but they didn't come up like that, right? And I tried to, in my mind, I did everything I can to, to prepare them for a world that I had to realize that's not their world. They didn't come up without their father. They, you know, they, they, they didn't come up with drugs in the house and, and guns and violence. They didn't come up like that. So I'm trying to prepare them for a world that wasn't not that was not their world. And many elders, that's somewhat their mindset. They try to prepare us for a world that's really obsolete now. That world is long gone. They back in the 60s and 70s, that world long gone. Yeah. You know, for real. I mean, we we gotta we really gotta be thinking futuristic, like in a real way. The type of stuff I be seeing and, and reading and realizing how the world is transforming. I felt like, you know, even with this quarantine, I'm like, y'all better get ready for when the world opens back up because it's gonna be a different world. You know what I mean? And I think that we have to realize that things are changing and that we can't even think about what's present, what's current, because we have to be kind of thinking ahead, you know, um, just thinking forward. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Yes, ma'am. And so what uh, um, and so you travel to, to other countries. Mm -hmm. OK. And um, I think I've seen on one of the videos. So and what was that? Would you just take a personal trip or, or was that work related? Uh, I mean, I take work related trips as well as personal trips. Uh, I've trained in um, the islands, uh, Barbados, Jamaica. I've trained in Paris. Um, just, you know, my company is an international company. And so we train hairstylists how to become greater hairstylists as well as greater businesswomen. So, you know, my trainings will take me out of the country. Yeah, so that's pretty good. So you work with her. Is there anything you can do for a brother? I mean, can you hook me up? I, I need a different. I need different hairstyle. I need oils. Yeah, that's pretty good though. And, and, and so, so tell me about. Uh, right now, you're speaking. You know, you have a desire to go into the school. I, I seen one of your videos. You were talking to a lot of the um, young students, and I know you're very passionate about you know giving back to the to the youth. Let's talk about your speaking and what's going on with your speaking career. Well, yeah, I really haven't like launched officially. I, I really was practicing it, so to speak, or getting my uh, just growing and really figuring out what my voice is, what my message is, you know, who I am and making sure that I'm, you know, being the most authentic self, but also to, um, you know, giving back and just making an impact. And so through my trainings, I realized that people were more interested in the story, like some of these styles would come and they already knew how to do hair. Like, granted, they could do it better, they could learn how to do it better, but they were really attracted to the story and attracted to the confidence. And so I started getting um, invites to go to some schools. And so I've been speaking at schools here and there, but I haven't necessarily embraced it fully as of yet. But it is definitely the next season of my life. And so now I'm just like, okay, I'm just saying yes now. Because I think that, you know, you have to come into agreement for those things to come to pass. And so it had already been spoken over my life for the longest time. Like you were supposed to speak, you were supposed to speak to women. And I just honestly just didn't see it. I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. I used to hate my voice. Um, but now I'm just like, I say yes now and I embrace it. So I'm just right. looking forward to what, what is going to come. Okay. So, so you just said something that's very key and, and you kind of brushed over it. And I want to deal with that. You yeah. said that we have to be in agreement. Yeah. You know, so a lot of things happen to us. Opportunities are here. But what is it? What do you mean when you say we have to be in agreement? You have to be in agreement. What I mean by that is 
without without going too crazy with it, I believe that whatever it is that we were called to do is already in us. But when we're unaware of that, we can tend to talk ourselves out of it because we haven't seen it manifested yet. And so there are things that will be called out of you or people will see things in you that you don't see yourself. And so when you're negating it and you're saying, nah, nah, that ain't me. I don't, you know, like when people would tell me that I'm supposed to speak, I was out of agreement with it because apparently they seen or heard something that I wasn't aware of. And so I was out of, I, I wouldn't agree, you know, mm -hmm. and so I was just having a prayer and I was just talking to God and I was just like, you know, why, if, if this is supposed to be the case, why is it not happening? Mm -hmm. Like, cause you don't believe right. that. Like, I mean, he just straight like that. Like, you don't believe you. You have not come into agreement. And I was just like, okay, so God, help me to come into agreement. Help me to say yes and to see it. And He said, in order for you to believe, you're gonna need to rehearse the truth, rehearse the rhema, the spoken word of God. And so He was just like, you need to be reminded of everything that you have, like, has been spoken over you, or that I've spoken to you, whether it's a dream or a vision or a prompting. And so what I began to do was to rehearse everything. And I mean, daily, I would get up and rehearse everything that um, I believe that God was saying to me concerning the next season of me speaking. And so as I got it down into my spirit, not just necessarily into my mind, because it has to seep deep into your subconscious. Right. Then I was agree. Oh, yeah, I can say yes to this now because now I'm starting to realize like, oh, yeah. That, that is who I am. I may not be the full maturity of it, but that's who I am. And so in order to become, you first have to believe, but you can't believe if you, you, you're you believing the lies, the falsehood, right? Mm -hmm. so replace the information in your mind. And so I went from believing to behaving because you can never behave something that you don't believe. If I told you there was a million dollars right up the street or at the courthouse that somebody left an inheritance for me for you that you have no clue of, what would stop you from going to get it? Right. Like lack, lack of belief. Right. Like your behavior is influenced by your belief system. Mm -hmm. And so me, I could not become because my behavior wasn't in alignment because I didn't believe. And I started to say yes as I started to change my mindset. So when, you, when I'm talking about coming into agreement, the thing is God is already saying yes. He's saying this is who you are. But until you get the right information, then you can line up with that. Yes. And then you can accelerate. Otherwise, you're going to be in discord because you don't believe. Right. Wow. And that's powerful. You know, I, I remember once um, a young man who was in one of the high schools that I worked in and he had a lot of great potential. And he came to me one time. He said, Brother Muhammad, it's just too rough. He said, I don't think I can finish school. I, I just can't do it. You know, his mother was on drugs. He didn't know his father. He had a lot of obstacles in his life. And in, in his mind, he just could not put himself to believe that he can make it. Mm -hmm. And I said to this young man, I said, man, let me tell you something. I said, it was a time when your mother and your father met. And your father emitted the life germ in the womb of your mother. It was one that had the strength. One had the tenacity. One had the stick to itiveness to hit that egg and that one was you. And that was you, it was one against a hundred million, a hundred million and one odds, right? It was you against a lot of people, but you had the strength. I say, damn it, if you did it before in the womb, you can do it again on the outside. Your life on this planet bear witness that you already have it in you to reach yeah. any goal, any destination, it's already in you. You wouldn't be on the planet if you couldn't do it. You did it before in the womb. And if you study that, listen, everybody out here listen to this, 
go on YouTube and, and, and study the journey of the sperm to the egg. That's mm -hmm. a very hostile environment. It's very hostile. I mean, right. it, it's crazy. I mean, everything is coming against that life germ to reach its goal. But he don't stop. I mean, it, it's like being in a project. They're shooting at him. I mean, stuff from the from the woman's body coming at him. Everything built up. It's all everything stacked against him. He don't stop though. So if you living right now, your life bears witness that you already have what it takes to reach your goal. Come on. No matter what it is, you wouldn't right. be here. Right, right. And see, that comes from revelation. So you being able to understand that 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 life cycle and you know is helps you to understand who you are, why you're here. And so when people people need revelation, when you lack revelation of who you are, where you came from, you know, because we ain't even from here to begin with, you know what I'm saying? We here to do a work. Um, then you're able to be empowered to do whatever it is. You can move into your assignment. So my, my company is called Rare Essence. My, my name is Essence. Uh, my company, uh, we stand on the word rare. And the word rare stands for having a revelation about who God is, who about who you are, and about just, just essentially what you're here to do. Then understanding that you have a an authentic assignment. You're here to do a work and you can't get caught up with, with competition. You can't get caught up with comparison. This is very authentic. Nobody can do what you were called to do. Nobody but you. And so you have to understand that your assignment is authentic, embrace it, accept it, come into agreement with your assignment. And then you got to go to the next R, which is readiness, preparation. There are so many people that they rest on the fact that they are talented, but they haven't done the due diligence. They haven't done the work. You got to prepare yourself. You got to prepare your mind. You got to prepare yourself for whatever that work is. So what ET say, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Right. You got to get ready. And then after you get ready, now you can go execute with excellence. Because this is the thing, you can may, may have a revelation, you may know what your assignment is, and you may even prepare yourself, but you have to do it. Right. Don't nobody want nobody that's executing with excuses. Yeah. You have to execute. You're, no, when you execute with excellence, you have to raise the standard of who you are. And when you do that, greatness is upon you. Like, people recognize, they recognize it. And so for me, I stand on that word rare. I want to work with people who have an idea that they're rare or are willing to become aware, come on now, that they're rare, because you already are rare. Right. You're just trying to be somebody else, and so you, you just you're an imposter right now. But you, when you right. come with your rare <laughs> and your authenticity, powerful. Yes. Yeah, that's powerful. And, and, and you know, I, I'm going to tell you, so, so for those who are listening, I really love that definition of rare, that, that acronym, you know, how you broke it down, because authenticity is very important. And uh, it's so important to me. My first book was 17 Lessons on Living Authentically. Um, because I believe in being authentic, being true to yourself, being in alignment with who and what you are, right? And um, listen, most people think, I believe this right here. If you have a problem, whatever your problem is in your life, you already possess the solution. I believe that you wouldn't even have the problem if you didn't have a solution already within you. Because the, the, the solution comes from the problem itself. And I'm giving you an example. If I say five plus three, that's a problem. On the other side of the equal sign is solution. That's eight. And the problem itself is a solution. Oftentimes we look, we have a problem. We go look outside of the problem for the solution. Damn it, look right in the problem itself. Whatever you're struggling with, trust me, it's right in the problem itself. You wouldn't yeah. even have the problem if you didn't have a solution already because the solution coexists with the problem itself. I wouldn't okay. have Bill Gates problems because I don't have Bill Gates solutions. Well, I ain't gonna say Bill Gates, I ain't feeling him right now. 
Any, anybody who who's affluent, you know what I'm saying. Anybody because he's doing this this vaccine stuff. I I I ain't using. I ain't giving no credence right now. But um, <laughs> anybody who's affluent who got money, they got a hundred billion dollars. I wouldn't have a hundred billion dollar problem because I don't have a hundred billion dollar solution. You know. But if I got the problem, whatever your problem is in life, no matter what it is, believe you me, right in the problem itself is the solution. For real, yeah. I completely agree with that. Yeah. You, you got to be able to understand that and be willing to to solve the problem, to do the work, whatever it is that, you know, you've been called to do. Like you said, it's in you. Right. So, yeah. And then, what would you say to, to, to people out there right now who because you obviously a sister that, that's filled with faith. Um, what would you say to people out there right now who just feeling stuck? I mean, damn, I, some people out here right now and, and some people listen to this live right now. I know some of y'all in this situation right now. You thinking like this, like, damn, you know, you feeling something. It's something that I su supposed to be doing. It's something more for me right now. I know it's more than just going to work. I know it's more than just doing this mundane stuff that I do over. And it's something more. I just don't know what it is. I don't know how to find it, but you know it exists. And some people, they have that feeling. They, they, they have that intuitive urge and they just silence it. They ignore it. What do you say to people? How do they bring it about them? Because you used the word manifestation earlier. How do they manifest that and bring it about them? Because it's already there. I well, agree. Right. I mean, I think the first thing is they have to recognize that it's already within them. It's, it's already within them. And I think that one of the things that is necessary is to get silent. Right. And once you get silent, you can begin to you know, push out all the other influences, the other ideas, the other ideas of success, because many times people will adopt another person's idea of success. And that's not they They find themselves out of alignment with their assignment because they're trying to be something that they're not called to be. So you have to get quiet and silence everything and really pray. Like for me, it's it's prayer. God, give me vision. Give me an authentic vision. Help me to understand who I am and what direction I need to go. And so for me, I'm just like, we got to get to the place where we believe God. If he can, if he continues to tell you, I will show you, I will lead you, I will guide you. What is it in our minds that makes us think otherwise? And so we have to rest on the fact that he will show us, he will give us vision, he will open our eyes, but we have to not be afraid of the vision. Right. People already know what it is. My thing is like this. We come into this earth with things that already belong to us, right? But we, we don't necessarily have, we don't have possession of it. And the reason why we don't have possession of it is because we have to go through a process to go take it back with authority as if somebody stole it from us. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that people have to get to a place where they probably if they would get quiet and ask themselves, what would life look like if there were no limitations? It would scare them. Yes. Right. But I believe that it would also get them to a place where it may ignite them in a way that they're like, you know what? I don't want to settle anymore. This is the only life I get. Like, I can't, you know, continue to uh, to act as if it's not there. Like you said, they almost like push it down. They ignore it. And then they continue to live an unfulfilled life. Right. So so we got to just start believing what we see in our mind's eyes. See, the thing is, our vision, our sight is deceiving because what happens is we begin to just believe what we see, which is falsehood, because what is does not have to be. Right. But if you to live today like you've been living yesterday your tomorrow will forever be the same so we got to get to a place where once we get the vision the manifestation comes from 
I'm going to become that person. It goes back to believing, behaving, and beholding or becoming. I'm going to become that person by changing my habits. When I wanted to be a hairstylist, do you know how much work I put into being a hairstylist? You know how many hours I, you know, when I wanted to be a salon owner, I started going online, looking for, doing the research, stuff that cost me no money. Let me just go Google and see how much this equipment costs. Let me just drive around and dream and just look for a location. See, the thing is, we haven't even done the research. Mm-hmm. And so we talk ourselves out of what we, we, you don't even know. You over here acting like you can't afford it and you don't even know if you can afford it or not because you haven't done the research. Right. So if it's stuck, the stuckness comes from an unwillingness, unwillingness to believe and an unwillingness to get still and to get a vision. And I think that we see this is the thing. There's a statement that says um, everybody is self-made, but only the successful, only the wealthy will take credit for it or acknowledge it. Hmm. Meaning that only people that's successful would be like, oh, yeah, I did that. Now, granted, God is sovereign. Yes. But we have free will. We have choice. We have, you know, opportunities to do things. And it's whether or not we're going to say yes to it. So we got to start taking our responsibility, the ability to respond appropriately to a situation and understand that we do have control. Right. So I think it, when you feel like you're stuck, number one, let's stop acting like we don't have power and authority. Let's let's just let's just stop acting like we don't have vision. Because what everything that I am experiencing, come on now, everything that I'm experiencing and living right now is because God gave me vision for it. And I'm like, huh? And I made me a vision board and I start putting things on there that scared me. Literally, I put school on my vision board 10 years ago when I had no clue of how I would have a school, but it was in my spirit. See, I, th- I believe that whatever you were called to do, it is in you. You feel it. When you see somebody doing what you were called to do, when I, the first time I went and seen Les Brown speak, I was like, I had never seen a speaker before. And there was something that got ignited in my spirit. My gift was stirred up. I couldn't necessarily pinpoint it. And so this is the thing. There are many people that are stuck because they're refusing to take on the challenge of becoming. Many times we already know. We know, but we're just scared to embrace it. We're scared. And it's it's okay because fear is always going to be there. I've been scared of everything I did. Trust and believe. (laughs) But I have to place that. I got confident as I did it, as I came into agreement, as I said, yes, I got confident. Right. And so you got to just say, OK, I'm going to pray for this vision. I'm going to get still. I'm going to do it. You know, that's you, you know, that's uh, sister. That's like very powerful. And you seem to be a, a person who, who take action a lot. And, and, and what, what we want the listening audience to understand is it's a, a term that all of us have heard. Uh, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You know, we've all heard that, uh, or most of us have heard that saying right there. And to me, what that means is that you have to take action. But when you take action, the world start reshaping itself to react to the action that you took. So just say an example, if your car right now, if you was out in your car and you got stuck on the in a busy intersection, if you sat in that car complaining, cussing or praying. Yeah, you can sit in the car just praying. You can sit in the car just praying. Oh, God, let the car start back up. And it's a busy intersection. You know, people riding by you, cussing you out. Get your crazy head out of the street. They're they going off on you. They, you know, they're doing all kinds of stuff, right? They will go around you and, and cuss you out, hump their horn and everything. But if you got out that car, it took action and started trying to push that car. 
you will have 40, 50 people stop, say, damn, let's just try to push that. Man, let's help her. You know, because you took action. If you oh. sat there all day, you can pray, meditate, own, you can have your Bible, your Quran, you can do all that inside that car. But if don't nobody see you say, because people reward people with, with, it's something about when somebody taking action, it ignites oh. something. Like what you just say, like when you hear Les Bryant stir some opinion, when people yeah. take action, it, it ignites some of other people. Like it makes them want to help. So people don't understand that when you sit around and don't do nothing, you deny yourself the help that God already got out there for you. They already yeah. there for you. That's real. That's real. Yeah, I have to say that the momentum is a magnet. And so when you begin to invest in yourself and you start moving forward, you naturally start to attract everything that you thought you lacked. See, the thing is, you got to you got to start with what you do have. Like, stop complaining about what you don't have and do what you can, what you have. Like you said, that young person, whoever it was that was in the car, got out. need to get out the car. You got legs. You got some power. You know what I mean? You got you to do something. And so the thing is, you got to get moving like the snowball accumulates it accelerates it accumulates more snow it gets bigger and then it gets faster the velocity and it's able to do something great but if you never get started like nobody's going to invest in a person that ain't trying to do something for themselves i'm sorry like you got this great idea but what have you done you know what i'm saying like so when you start seeing somebody that's actually attracting snow and accumulate like oh yeah i'm gonna help you you attract what you lack so we gotta stop looking at what we don't have because we will always not have something <laughs> but what do we have right and I like what you're saying about, you know, that we already have it on the inside of us because it's like a seed, you know, like a, um, let me cut this thing up. You know, it's like a, um, a uh, seed that's, um, if you plant an apple seed, the full realization of, of what that apple seed is to become, it's already in that little bitty seed. As small mm -hmm. as it is, as insignificant as it may look, that little seed is destined to become a tree that produces apples for generations to come. But it's already in the seed itself, though. And sometimes we see ourselves like we little, we insignificant, we don't have no power. But all we got to do is put ourselves in the right environment, nurture ourselves the right way. Like you said, you read, you study, you, you take action, know yourself, mm -hmm. you grow and you begin to blossom. So none of us are really insignificant if we in his image and his likeness. Right. Absolutely. But we got to get the truth. We yeah. have to have the truth. So yeah, no doubt. And so, 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 um, what's next for 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 Essence China? I, I mean, you've done some phenomenal things. You, your um, your um, um, your school is is, is doing pretty good. And um, I, I heard you say that that you know, what's the next season in your life is to get up into the speaking. Is that is there any particular lane you, you want to hit the, the the young people, or just the inspirational um, area dealing with mindset? What what, what area of speaking are you designed to get up into? Um, you know, I'm not even really sure. I mean, I know my target demographic is is women, uh, you know, sisters that are really looking to become uh, to maximize their potential. Uh, mindset is definitely I feel like my three major pillars are mindset, identity and purpose. Um, so for me, it's like anybody who wants to be able to, to, to grow in those areas. I believe that I could speak to them. But I think predominantly my target demographic is the women who have already like, you know, through my platform, through the hair. And so. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it for sure. Yes. And, and have you ever thought of any analogies to the value of like her braiding to like your life purpose and destiny? Because you got to take things that's connected, but they disconnected and you got to connect them in a certain unique way. You got to blend them together and, and, and create something totally beautiful. And that's kind of how life is. All of us are connected in some kind of way. No matter what I call it, race, ethnicity, social, economic status, 
every living thing is bound by core and connected to every other living thing in some kind of way but it's how we blend it how we put it together that makes it beautiful so that beautiful hairstyle that you did that was on essence magazine you mm -hmm. took this stuff and you put it together in such a way that was so unique that the expression never made people take note of it that's just how life is though and it seemed like your life is like that like you putting putting things together and bringing people together because i heard the the, the response of many other women who enjoyed your talk and it was very impactful what they said was what they said was inspirational about what you said mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, I, I'm I'm amazed at you know where I'm at, and because the thing is, I never knew exactly what it was going to be, you know. But I think that when you just say yes, it's like it's not necessarily for you to know; it's for you to trust. And so it's really just been a a, a walk of faith and trust for me. And so I think that we all have all of these gifts, and many times as creatives, we don't know which one to pick. Like, what am I supposed to do? And then we get distracted and try to do all of them. And I think that. One of the main things I learned about masters is that they they picked something and they gave it their all. And so for me, I, I picked hair, I, I picked braid and I was like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I rode that lane. And the next thing you know, when I was faithful over that thing, then God unlocked another thing and I allowed another, uh, you know, you talk about the braid, like the three strands. OK, I went from braid into being a salon owner to being a spe speaker. And so all of these things begin to come about as I mastered and was faithful over that one thing. And then there was room to express another gift. And now I would have never thought I would be speaking. Never. I, you know, I, I'm not a person. I don't, I'm, I'm cool in the cut. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, uh, but because I, I realized that this is what I'm called to do, then I just got to embrace it, you know? But um, I think that, you know, life is genuinely about elevation. And, you know, for me, I'm just like, okay, what's what's the next level, guy? Like, I, I'm going to be scared to do it. You already know I'm about to be scared, but we're going to do it anyway. Let's go for this ride because I believe that, you know, I feel like life is supposed to be an adventure. If you're not walking by faith, you know, what what really are we doing? Right. You know, if we're not doing things that we never thought we could do, are we living like a, a real fulfilled life? And so I think that, you know, I think if not think it pleases God when we walk by faith. He said without faith, we can't even please him. Yeah. So he wants you to do things that you know. It, it, in, in and of yourself, you could not do. Right. It pleases him. Yeah. So I don't that. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt. And you know, so let me ask you a question. Um, who's been your the, the biggest influencer in, in your life? Like, 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 if you if you had to name a person or a couple of people, who had the greatest impact and greatest influence on your life? The greatest influence in my life, hand down, was my father. Uh, okay. Rest he passed uh, about a year and a half ago. The greatest influence. My father, whew, that man, prophetic. Um, he was literally my hype man, like, like literally my hype man. Like, and it's funny because, you know, the one of the videos I sent you, uh, my father had literally passed a week before and I had already said yes to the speaking engagement out in Atlanta. And so I went out there and I got on stage and I, you know, I, I did my speech. And I was walking back to my room and I was like, dang, like normally I would call my father and just tell him how I did. And I was just like, really kind of just sad. Like I can't even tell him, but the reality is my father seen it already. He right. knew it all. And so he was on some China, you, you, like he calls me China, that's my middle name. Um, he was like, you just gotta catch up. So the fact of the matter is he saw for me what, you know what I'm saying, what was gonna manifest years down the road. And so there's nothing for me to tell him. He was waiting for me to get the revelation. You know what I mean? Right. So my number one, Dr. Miles Monroe, number two, mm -hmm. my guy, I mean, master teacher, yes. um, and, and Dr. Cindy Trim. Dr. Who? Cindy Trim. Okay. Who, who is Cindy Trim? I'm, I'm not familiar with Cindy Trim. 
She is um she is from Bermuda, if I'm not mistaken, but she's uh she's located in Atlanta and she has a, a you know that different companies and she has a school. She's just like a she's a mogul. Okay, and uh, her name is Cindy Trims. Mm-hmm. Trim. R I M M. Okay, Dr. Cindy Trim. Okay, that's pretty good. And so, uh, Dr. Miles Monroe. Um, I, I mean, I agree. Very, very phenomenal human being. Um, I, I first encountered his book, In Pursuit of Purpose, uh, many years ago, mm-hmm. and that book has has impacted my life tremendously. And I remember reading in the book where he says something like, "Purpose protects us against a premature death." Mm-hmm. And that, um, and I never forgot that. And, and and he talked about Jesus, the life of Jesus, how. He could not have been crucified before age 33 because he was living in purpose. So no matter what the Roman government came with, no matter what the authorities, the the Jews, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, all the enemies that came around him, they couldn't touch him because he was in line with purpose. And what happened with many of us is we're not in alignment with purpose. So nature tends to, like our body, get rid of the waste. Damn, if you ain't going to serve with no minerals, no nutrients and no vitamins for the body, you already know what you've been weeping to flush you down the toilet then, you know, and nature seemed to do the exact same thing. Get rid of those who just don't serve no purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, when, or just whenever your purpose is fulfilled, you know? Yeah, yeah, just, right. You know, like the, the fact of the matter is it's not when you go. It's, you know, like, did you did you do what you were called to do? And so for me, I literally look at life as an assignment. You know, that's how I see it. It's no different than somebody who enlists to the army. Like we are not on that time. And when that job is done and when the purpose is fulfilled, they get called back to the country that they came from. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm here to do my work. And once my yeah. work is done, I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to keep it moving back to wherever I belong. But that's just how I see it. So we just got to pour out, you know? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And then, you know, as we wind down this, this talk here, What's the purpose or the value of, of aligning yourself with other like-minded individuals? Because there's no, you know, no matter how great and phenomenal a human being is, it's always other people that's helping them along their journey, that's encouraging them, that's pushing them, that's chanting them on. Um, how valuable has that been in your life um, to surround yourself with like-minded people or people who are also going in the same direction in terms of inspiring you, encouraging you? And you giving them the same, you know, same type of energy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's vital, it's crucial. And for me, I literally was in the wrong company, and I believe that's why I was just snatched out of Maryland because God really realized, like, okay, you you doing something that you don't even know who you are, and you were being influenced by your circle. And so when I moved back to Phoenix, I was pretty much by myself, and so I was able to really figure out who I was, what I wanted what vision I had. And it took a while for me to find like-minded individuals. But when I did, I mean, that level of accountability, that level, that level of support is invaluable because you can bounce ideas off. You can encourage and support one another. Cause many times, like there's many people that have no clue of who they are, don't even want to become who they were called to be. And so therefore it will cause you, it'll be a weight. It'll literally be a weight. And so for me, I, I just realized that early because I was pulled out of it. And then when I started to realize, oh, I'm a follower. <laughs> I didn't even know who I was. I was trying to be, I was trying to be something I, I didn't even have a clue. Um, but then when you get you get your identity and then you find other people who know who they are, man, the Bible says two is better than one. You know, <laughs> two could put 10,000. So yeah. if you 
other people, you acceleration. That's what that is. Acceleration because of the accountability. Yes. And you know that that you know, I remember studying um magnets, magnetism. Um and when I studied magnetism, I, I found a, a very beautiful principle. You know, if you take a piece of magnet, every magnet has what is called a magnetic sphere, like mm -hmm. the extent of its influence or its ability to attract, right? So if you have a piece of magnet, you remember when we was younger, you had a piece of magnet. If it was a weak magnet, you almost got to put it all the way down on a paper clip to make it move or to attract it. But if it was a strong magnet, you can stand back a little bit and it'll like bring it to it, right? And yeah. what I realized about magnetism is this right here. One magnet has a magnetic sphere of maybe 10 feet. I'm using that as an example. But if you connect it with another magnet, it doubles the magnetic sphere and the influence. So it goes to 20 feet. If you put another in, they go to 30 feet. So it starts multiplying. So to me, it, it taught me the value of unity for one. But when you look at a magnet, though, what makes a piece of metal magnetized is when all the atoms of molecules, the molecules are going in the same direction. That's what makes it magnetized. If, if they start going a different direction, it demagnetizes the metal. So that's how people are. If you in a circle, in your circle, if you're around a lot of people, you're going a different direction. Trust me, you weakening your ability to attract to you the opportunities, the resources, the things that you need because you are demagnetizing yourself because you're around people, everybody going in the wrong direction. But if you surround yourself with everybody going in the right direction, in the same direction, damn it, everybody want that goal. Everybody ambitious. Everybody trying to level up. Everybody trying to do this. When you, man, y'all become a force to be reckoned with. Come on now. That's yeah. real. It's, it's genuinely priceless. And it took a while for me to find, you know, those people. I, I literally just had to like uh, protect my mindset, protect my energy. And then that's how I really like, I met Dr. Miles Monroe when he came out here a long time ago. I got me a book and it just really started to shape my mind. And then I started, because I didn't have a circle, I just went online. I would just eat up his videos and help me to stay in the right place. But when I start getting the right, I start attracting the right people. I mean, you know, I, I understand it now and I value my, my energy and all of that because of that, because I realized it, you know? And you know, it's important what you were talking about when you was in Maryland and how it was eating you up, it was consuming you and you had to get up out of that. Listen, environment is so important and so valuable to us because now here in Arizona, I'm from St. Louis and St. Louis as an environment gave me a lot. It gave me that grit, that grind. I mean, them street, that hood life, it gave me a lot to my character, to who and what Brother Gazi is today, right? Mm -hmm. But in that environment, it couldn't give me everything. So I had to travel. And in, 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 in Arizona, it's like this is an, an environment that grows citrus very well. It's a hot climate. It's a dry climate. So lemon trees and oranges and grapefruit, that, 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 that's rampant around here. But all fruits and vegetables cannot grow in this climate. Some fruits and vegetables need humidity, a high level of humidity to grow, right? So what that taught me was that some environments can give you something. St. Louis may have given me my vitamin C and my vitamin D. But damn it, if I want vitamin E and B12 somewhere, I got to go to another environment. So sometimes you got to switch your environment. If you just stay in the same environment, whether it's physical environment or mental environment, you don't go to other areas, you really deny yourself access to the minerals and the nutrients that's out there in the world for you that can help you develop and help you grow. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. You got to diversify. Yeah, you got to diversify. Don't be afraid to travel and go outside your comfort zone, too. You know, sometimes I go and hey, listen, you know, so, so I'm a Muslim. And sometimes I go in places. I, I, I remember going to Buddhist temples 
you know, chanting with the Buddhists, Nam Yo Ho Renge Kyo. And we have been chilling with the Buddhists. And they like, man, why you? I mean, I've been to synagogues and churches and the Harry Krishnas and everything because I'm going almost like a bee. They go from flower to flower to flower to flower. That's how he create the honey. You know, he doesn't just go to one kind of flower. It's all kind of flower. Then he create a nectar that's sweet to the taste. You know, it's healthy to the body. But he go from flower to flower, getting this nectar, you know, pollinating and things like that, right? So that's how we have to be. Too many of us, we so, you know, um, narrow-minded yeah. that we only want to go one place. And we think that that is it. But we're really denying ourselves the beauty of God's creation. So... As we close, what closing words you have for the listening audience? Like, like, like it's somebody out there right now that's, man, they was in that space that you were in when you was in Maryland. They was that, they, they there right now. What would you tell them? I mean, give yeah. us some closing words, words of encouragement. Well, before, before I say anything, I just want to tell you, thank you for having me. Uh, I really oh, appreciate you me and having me on. So really want to honor you for that. Um, and then also make sure you uh, mention how people can get in touch with you and follow you. Um, through your social media lines and any books that you have. Let's put all of that. Yes, for sure. Um, so you can find me on, well, I have a couple of different brands. So I have my academy, which is Rare Essence Academy. And then my personal brand is Essence China. Um, you can find me on Instagram as Essence China. You can call me, find me on Facebook as Essence China. And Rare Essence Academy is on both platforms as well. So that's how you can find me. Um, closing words, right? Mm-hmm. Closing words. I just, I just, I just hope that for anybody that's watching, that is literally, you know, at a, maybe a standstill or crossroads and and don't know. One, you, I'm, I'm telling you personally that there, there's almost no, there's no difference in between you and I in the sense of what I obviously I've been able to accomplish very unique things, but the power, the greatness, the unique, it's in you too. And when you embrace that they will embrace you, whoever your nation is, whoever you're called to touch, and don't allow the fear of getting in front of people, no matter what that platform is, whether it's electronically, online, or in person, just understand that there is a people that are waiting for you to become. They are. They need you, so this is not about you. And so this is what helped me to really get to a new place. It's like I was fearful, but I was fearful of fail, failing and falling, but I also was fearful of just being in front of people and using my voice and being heard, but understand it's not about you. And so when I got past the fear of thinking about my own insecurities and began to think about the people who need what I have, it changed my perspective. So understand that there is somebody that needs what you have. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. And don't deny it. You know, don't be keeping that in. Um, so we want everyone, I, I appreciate you sister, you know, your energy, your spirit, um, you know, I really appreciate it. You know, thank you deeply for, for, for blessing us with your presence today and um, helping people understand that, you know, you can get back on track, that you can create your own lane. You know, you don't have to be scared. You know, you can challenge um, what seem to be insurmountable odds and win. And when you do that right there, you did that and it opened a whole new world for you that you didn't even know existed out there because yeah. you was able to do that. Yeah. Thank yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so thank you, my sister, and uh, thank you all for joining us. And um, we'll be back next next Friday, same time, same, I ain't going to say bet channel, same God channel <laughs> next week. So thank you, Sister China. I appreciate you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. And thank you all. Take care.
Thank you so much for listening. We pray that you are inspired to get your personal and business life back on track and in alignment with your divine purpose. Please subscribe, share this podcast, and join us for future episodes. And remember, your authentic self is powerful beyond measure.